a stack of books and, and I put them up here because I was busy and so I bought them and I stacked them up here and and um, <laughs> when they packed up their stuff they apparently took my books with them <laughs> so I'm going to have a I'm going to have to have a conversation with uh, Encounter Revival Ministries because not only did I think they took our books or my books um, but they took our, I think they took our lapel mic, too, because we can't find that either. And so um, they just packed up everything. I, no worries, though. I made sure my offices were locked so they couldn't get any of those books. Um, but you, you, you see how much stuff they have in here. I mean, it's just mounds and mounds of stuff. And um, I think I had my lapel mic out thinking that they would have to use it, but they had all their own stuff. And when they, when they go to loading up, you should see them. You should see them coming in. I mean, they... Boom, they put everything out when they're done. Boom, it's all back into the I mean, it's just like that. They do it. And um, uh, I think inadvertently um, they uh, took my mic. But good news, I have one of the kids' quilts. So they ain't getting the quilt back until I get my mic and my... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, it was... It was, it was uh, it, it was a good time having them. Uh, John, John chapter number three is where we're going to be this morning. John chapter uh, number three. Uh, do uh, appreciate um, your patience um, with everything. Uh, as you know, Miss, uh, Miss May um, uh, passed away, and um, uh, Wendy and Charlotte and Charlotte's, uh, Charlotte's sister. Uh, have been helping in the um, getting getting stuff together and getting stuff ready. And um, Miss May did things Miss May's way. Okay, um, if you knew Miss May, you know that's that's how that so that that works. So so appreciate your patience with um, some things that are going to change. Uh, we're going to be uh, changing uh, a, a few things. And um, uh, birthdays are probably going to be one of those things that are going to change. And um, listen, just if it's your birthday, just come to me. I'll sing to you, okay, if you want me to sing to you. Um, but we're probably going to do um, birthdays generally. Um, let, let, me show you, let me show you something that Miss May had. Okay. This is what we are going off of, of whose birthday it is and whose birthday it's not and uh, anniversaries. And so it's not been really easy. Can I tell you, can I tell you this much? I won't even tell you who it is because you'll be offended. Some of you that have been in this church for 40 years aren't even on the master list. As a member of Ring of Baptist Temple, okay? And um, so there's a lot of arranging that we're trying to do, and uh, we wanted to be really, really careful um, while, while Miss May was alive because uh, um, she was very protective of, her, of, what, of what she did and how she did, and it was very effective for her. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging Miss May, I can tell you right now, because she, she'll haunt me. And so I'm not, I, 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 you know, we love Miss May, but we had to be really careful and so now um, we're trying to slowly uh, delve into some of that. And um, so I, I really appreciate um, 
your patience as we uh, as we go through some of these things and uh, get some of these things uh, uh, in some uh, uh, some kind of order and um, computer issues we've been having some computer issues as well and um, email issues all sorts of th- different things uh, that we're trying to um, uh, trying to get situated on top of that our copier went out so we'll be talking about that tonight. So um, uh, I gotta give you give you some information about our new copier, uh, a new copier that we need to talk about. We'll do, we'll talk about that uh, tonight. So lots of different things, lots of uh, changes uh, uh, coming uh, our way. So thank you uh, again uh, in advance uh, for your patience uh, with a lot of these things. So uh, just want to say, and I've said it already, uh, but I want to say again. Uh, uh, a great big thanks uh, to all those that have just stepped up. I mean, uh, I could I could stand up in here and I could you know call most of you in here uh, about how you've stepped up for the ministry, uh, how you've stepped up to to, to fill spots. Um, one thing that we don't want to do, which you think I've learned, I would have learned this in ministry for you know over twenty years, um, is is we don't want one person doing a whole bunch of things. Because when that one person is no longer here, those whole bunch of things don't get done. And so um, so we've put some things in place, and we are putting some things in place, and some of you have stepped up uh, to help uh, with those things. And so uh, I am just super thankful uh, for that. Some of you... Uh, I mean, God bless you. I'm able to just say, listen, this is what I want here, and, and you make it happen. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm super thankful for that. That's kind of uh, something that is off my plate, and uh, I am, uh, I'm grateful for that and uh, grateful for your efforts. And uh, this is, well, first of all, this is the Lord's church, but this isn't my church. This is our church. And uh, so we need to... Uh, band together and um, uh, make these things happen, and that's what's happening, and so uh, I'm grateful for that. Another thing I'm grateful for, you hear this all the time, uh, but um, I, I just need to remind you uh, that um, uh, th- that we're one of the friendliest churches. I- I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. You may not understand that, uh, but this team was just overwhelmed uh, by, by the, um, the generosity by the the caring, by the thank, thankfulness of our church and the friendliness of our church. And um, that means a lot to me as well. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you that kind of go out of your way uh, to, um, uh, to be a blessing. Some of you that come out of your box, we had a testimony night. And um, Christina and Zach were sitting up here, and I'm saying, anybody over here? And Christina's raising her hand. I'm going, no, th- that's not Christina. She doesn't, she doesn't speak publicly. Anybody else? And Christina's over here going, it's me. And uh, so I came. It's not, that's outside of her box. And uh, what the Lord, uh, you know, how the Lord blessed her. And uh, my favorite part, my, my absolute favorite part, is when she was done, she said, here you go, Zach. <laughs> Hey, hello. All right. And uh, so I, I'm just so thankful for, uh, 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 just so thankful for my church and uh, my church family. And uh, it's great to be able to be 
uh, proud of your church, and uh, I, I'm very proud of our church, and uh, you should be uh, as well. All right, that's all the gush you're getting. John chapter number three. John chapter number three. Love John chapter number three. Love the book of John, uh, but John chapter number three, obviously is a special uh, chapter uh, in the Word of God, uh, because when you think of uh, John chapter number three, uh, uh, you think of John chapter three, verse uh, 16. But let's go up into John chapter 3 and verse number 15. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, verse 18 is a very, very important verse in what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 3. He says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. It's an interesting, interesting way to put that, isn't it? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He that believeth on the Son, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Listen, it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what your family says. It doesn't matter what your school says. It doesn't matter what your peers say. It matters what God says. And what God says trumps, always has, and always will trump what God says, or what man says. Because let man be true, or let God be true, and every man a liar. Now, does it mean everything that man says is a lie? No. But if what man says is contrary to the word of God, then let God be true, and every man a liar. Because God doesn't lie. Because God is truth. The Bible says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth in John 17, 17. God's word is truth. Not man's word, not your word, not my word, but God's word is truth. And so sometimes we say things and, and, and the world says, well, that's offensive. You shouldn't say it because that's offensive. But I want you to understand something. If God's word says it, then don't ever be ashamed to stand and proclaim the word of God. People might be offended, and that's fine. Now, I don't think we should go out of our way to be offensive. I don't think God gave us the Bible so that we could, that we could smack somebody over the head with it. I don't think that's what God intended. But we do need to preach the truth. We need to do it in love. But we need to preach the truth. And sometimes the truth is offensive to some people. We were just talking about it in Sunday school this morning. And I said, you know, God calls us all to do different things and be different things. So God has called me to be a, to be a pastor. And so I passed that God doesn't call everybody to be a pastor. We're talking about some of the things that God's called all of us to do, but God's called some of us to do certain things. Now, God has blessed some families with children. So God has called the woman to be the mother. 
And after I said that, I said, well, I guess that's probably not a popular thing to say anymore. Because there's no telling. I mean, everything is wackadoodle in our world today. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Do you know that you can walk up to a, a guy or who you perceive to be a guy and say, yes, sir, because you're being polite and you can be offensive? I'm sorry. Call somebody a her and she doesn't want to be a her. She wants to be a them. What? And by the way, them is plural, folks. I don't know how you can be a them unless you're a legion. I mean, I don't understand this whole idea of, listen, you can't say this to me because it's offensive to me. Listen, when it comes to the Word of God, don't ever be ashamed to stand and proclaim, thus saith the Lord. I love these kids. These kids that were just with us, I say kids, they were 18, 19, uh, 20, 20 years old. Um, even, even Joe, Joe Cuneo, he's, he's the bus driver. He's the great big guy. He's the one he, he, calls, his, he calls his bodyguard. He's 21, like Joe. You, I mean, you look like you're 35. I mean, you, they're, they're, but they're all, they're all grown adults, but they're all, they're all kids, right? The older we get, you know, they're kids. And so these kids are so genuine. I mean, they are so genuine. Everywhere they go. I mean, we were down, I was telling the Sunday school class this morning, there, we were down, we went down to River Street, and you know on River Street you see the homeless, you see the people that are, you know, they make the roses out of, Whatever they are, yeah, whatever they are, corn us and, 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 and do all these things, and they line up on River Street. And so they're going down, and, and boom, he's one of my favorites. I love boom. Actually, I call him, I call him boom boom. I made sure it wasn't offensive to him, um, but uh, he said, you can call me whatever you want to, and, uh, but I love him. And he was down there, and he, he went up to this one guy that was doing these roses, and, and, uh, and he said to him, he said, he said, sir, is there any way that I can pray for you? And the guy, and they got talking back and forth, and I was letting them talk. I, 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 I went on, and he gave, he gave Boom one of his, one of his roses and, and gave him a hug and thanked him for praying with him and, and, and walked away. The kids were kind of spread out. Well, here comes a couple more kids. I mean, they beelined right to that same guy. And he's like, look, Boom just came over here and prayed with me. Well, can we pray with you too? I mean, the next one, boom, the next person comes over. And you know what they wanted to do? They wanted to share. They wanted to share what God had done with, done for them and what God had done in them and through them and, and, and how they're part of a Encounter Revival Ministries. And they had a setup down there, and I believe it was Jehovah's Witness, uh, had a, a little display down there, and they were people were coming by, and they were trying to hand out some of their literature. And, and, and two of the girls walked up to him and said, so, so, so tell me about what you believe. Those Jehovah's Witness said, uh, okay, and they, and they launched into what they believed, and they said, and they went for a little while, and then I believe it was Kendra. She says, now, now do you mind if I tell you what we believe? I said, get them. <laughs> Man, she just, they just launched into what they believed in and shared the gospel with them. And, and you know, that should, be, that should be all of us. That should be all of us. Well, don't ever be ashamed to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever be ashamed to proclaim the truth of the Word of God. As we talk about John chapter 3, I think about missions. I think about the opportunity that we have in the world in which we live today. 
I believe that the Lord's coming is imminent. He could come at any moment. I'm telling you, things are waxing worse and worse. By the way, don't be surprised by that. God told us that. God didn't say things are going to get better and better. God said things are going to get worse and worse. Understand this, the church and you and I are not bringing in the kingdom. If Jesus doesn't bring in the kingdom, there is no kingdom. Why don't you understand that? Without Christ, there's no hope. We're not the answer. You're not the answer. Rekin Baptist Temple's not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's always been the answer. He always will be the answer. And I believe His coming is imminent. It can happen at any moment. And if we really believe that, I dare say if we took a vote this morning that probably the majority of us in here would say, yes, I believe that. That if we believe that, if we believe that, by the way, what it means, imminent means, it means it could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. So if it could happen at any moment, let me tell you what Jesus said. Do you remember when Jesus was left behind and his parents and the entourage kind of took off and he got left behind and he was in the temple and he was uh, confounding the, the scribes and the Pharisees and just at a young age and they realized that Jesus was missing? And you think to yourself, wait a minute, how in the world do you not know that your kid is with you? We left our kid at church one time. I think that's what, I think Kyle says that all his problems stem from the time that we left him at a church when we were in Placa. So they realized he was gone. They come back and they lightly scold Jesus. Listen, you've got to be with us. You've got to be. And one of the, the, what Jesus said is one of my most quoted sayings that I always say. What did Jesus say? I must be about my father's business. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Yes, he was saying I need to be busy. But let me tell you what he was ultimately saying. He was ultimately saying I only have a little time. I only have a little time. Can I tell you, church, we only have a little time. Whether it's through death or it's through the rapture of the church, we only have a little time. What are we doing that's counting? What are we doing that's making a difference? I believe what just happened this last week made a difference. What they're going to do around North Carolina this next couple weeks is going to make a difference. And I want you to know something. The importance of making a difference for eternity matters. Because what we do for Christ is going to last. You know, some things that we do, you ever notice this? There are some things that we do that are just an absolute waste of time. I think every time you go to Savannah is an absolute waste of time. I hate the place. I, 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 I don't, and, some, and some people say, you shouldn't say that. Savannah's a wonderful place. I'm telling you, there are people everywhere. Everywhere. It's so busy. Like half of them want to kill you. I mean, I just don't, it's, the only, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the only cities that there's no open container law. So you can walk around, you, know, you can get drunk walking down the street, I mean, with an open container and you can't get, you can't get ticketed. 
I mean, how many? I mean, when St. Patrick Day comes, listen to me. Don't go to the hospital on St. Patrick's Day because I won't come see you. I'm just telling you, everything turns green. I mean, it's people are everywhere. I know people every year, people from our church every year, go to the St. Patrick's Day parade. Lord, help them. Who said that? God bless you. You're right. You know, we sometimes, isn't this true? Sometimes, you know, some of y'all are going to hate me for this one. But hunting Not a fan. I am not a fan going into a tree, sitting in a tree, waiting for a deer. Now, listen to me. I'll, I'll eat all the deer meat you bring me. I love deer. I mean, I love wild game. I love, But just to sit there, to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go and climb a tree and sit up there and freeze to death hoping a deer comes by? I'd miss every one of them because I'd have a book reading my book. Now, that's not a waste of time for everybody, but it's a waste of time for me. Anybody like fishing? Now, listen to me. I like catching, but I'm not a fan of fishing. Throw, you throw the line in, and you sit there and wait and wait and wait, hoping to catch a fish. Hoping that, nope, it didn't. You're going to reel it back in, and you're going to throw it back out. And you, and you say, oh, no, no, no. You go out to fellowship. No, fishermen don't talk to each other. They just sit in the same boat together. So some things, now for you, it might be different, right? But some things are a waste of time. Can I tell you, what you do for Christ is never a waste of time. Winning a person to Christ is never a waste of time. Sharing the truths of the word of God is never a waste of time. Investing in young people's lives is never a waste of time. What an opportunity. What an opportunity that we have through faith promise missions to invest in eternity. You see, I may never go to Zambia. I may never go to Australia. I may never go to some foreign field and be a missionary, but I can have a part through faith promise missions. I can have a part in sharing what God has blessed me. Do you know that God says that we are to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with? God has blessed us with money. He's, got, he's blessed us with resources. He's blessed us with talents. If God has blessed you with a talent and you're not using it for Him, shame on you. Shame on you. No, God can take it from you. Joe, if, if God has blessed you with financing, He's giving you money, and you're just consuming upon your own lust, shame on you. And by the way, God's got a way of taking, taking it from you. My father-in-law, he'll give you a testimony. He said they, they never used to tithe, and they, they, they never had a vehicle that would run. Somebody said to me not too long ago, he said, are you, you know, because that's all we have is car problems. It's because we buy junk. They say, well, are you tithing? No, no. No, I just decided I was going to stop tithing. What do you mean? So I'm not saying it always happens, but let me tell you something. God, so, you know, listen, God will, God will get your attention. 
Has God ever got your attention? You ever got a whooping from God? I mean, he, he has a way of humbling us. Don't, you, know, you're, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to humble yourself before the Lord your God. Because if you don't, God has a way of humbling you. And you're not going to like it. I'm telling you, you're not going to like it. But God wants you to be where you need to be. Faith Promise Missions is part of that. And sharing the gospel is part of that. Faith Promise Missions is more than just giving money in an offering plate. You see, if you have this idea that I tithe, and I tithe so that the preacher will go, that's what we're paying the preacher for, aren't we? Isn't he supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Yes. Isn't he supposed to be preaching? Isn't he supposed to be teaching? Isn't he supposed to be a witness? Isn't he supposed to be praying? That's what I pay him for. Why are you giving your tithe? Because you're giving the tithe the wrong reasons. The tithe belongs to not the pastor. The Bible doesn't even say the tithe belongs to the church. The Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's His. Once you give it, you give it because of Him. Not because of the preacher or not because of the church. You give it because of Him. Sometimes we need to be reminded of why we do what we do as we give. We're able to send people uh, out uh, from this church and other churches uh, to preach the gospel. What in your life do you deem important? What do you deem important? In case you didn't know, I'm a book guy. I'm a big fan. These kids are pretty good fans of books. Well, they're all broke. They ain't, they ain't got any money. And so I got a bunch of books together, put three tables in the teen room and put out a bunch of books that I was going to trade or that I had doubles of or, or whatever, and I put them out there. I'm here to tell you, those kids were losing their minds. And they're pulling this book, and they're pulling this book, and they're pulling this book, and 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 they got done. They spent about forty-five minutes doing all that, and 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 they got their piles of books, and they started walking out. And I looked at Mark, and I said, "You can tell they're kids." And I and I pulled out. I said, "Here's a G. Campbell Morgan. This is the Ten Commandments by G. Campbell Morgan. This is a forty-five dollar book." Mark said, "Thank you." I said, "Look," and I and I told Mark, Mark. Just explore the book by Jason Lowe Baxter. Do you know how rare this book? These kids, listen, all those things. You know what they wanted? Strong's Concordance, and they wanted the, the book on Josephus, and they wanted, a, you know, this biography, and they wanted that because they deemed those things important to them. They weren't as important to me. And some things that are important to you aren't as important to me. And some things that are important to me Maybe not as important to you, but the things of the Lord ought to be important to all of us. Do you know how, do you, know how you can tell how, how something's important to you? Used to, used to be you look at your checkbook, but nobody has to check anymore. Now, now you look at what you, which, which you used your debit card on or what you used your credit card on. I deemed it important. I deemed, I deemed this Bible, listen, I needed to have this, I, I had to have this Bible. 
it was a need. I only have like 267 Bibles, but this one I did not have. Very rare. So you know what I did? I bought it. I'm not even going to tell you how much I paid for it because you'd go, you paid how much? But you know what? There's probably things in your life I'd say to you, you paid how much? You, you paid that much money for a boat? You paid that much money for a fishing pole? You paid that much money, right, Brother Johnny? You paid that much money for a golf club? I was in a, a store the other day, and, and Kyle loves to, he loves to hit the golf ball around, and I, I, I'm, I don't know. Anyways, he loves to hit the ball ball. So I saw this box of golf balls. I mean, these crazy people wanted like $45 for a box of balls that you're going to hit and not get back. I mean, he gets them out into the woods. He hits them all over the place. And I'm thinking to myself, who in the world? A lot of people. A lot of people. How much money do you spend on live streaming, uh, uh, the stuff that you have in your house? How much money do you spend on music? How much money do you spend on? How much money do you spend on? And how much money do you spend on God? On spiritual things. I mean, in tithe, in missions, and how much you how much you spend on on those things? I'm telling you, it would be a great time to do an inventory and find out what really is important to you. An inventory of your debit account would reveal what you value. What do you value? Do you value your Bible? Do you value the opportunity to pray? Do you value your freedom that you have in this country? Do you value the Holy Spirit? Do you value these things that you have in your life? You can stop looking at your watches. We just had these messages... We were here for two hours and none of you blinked. I got another hour to preach. I'm just kidding. What is the condition of our heart when it comes to missions? Because there's only three choices. Really are. There's only three choices when it comes to our heart towards missions. Number one, is it cold? I don't. I don't care about people across the world. I don't care about... You know what happens? Out of sight, out of mind. Do you know, do you know the Bible says that the eye affected the heart? Remember when I went to college? When I went to college, when I went to Trinity, it was required that everybody spend a semester in the bus ministry. I didn't even like kids at that time. I did not want a bunch of snotty-nosed kids snotting all over you and all this. I don't want any part of it. Give me some other ministry. No, you have to. I spent my entire college career in the bus ministry. Why? Because I started seeing these kids, and the eye affects the heart. I mean, I saw their families, and I saw the terrible conditions that they were in. Do you know what we do when it comes to missions? We put our blinders on. We put our blinders on. Because if we don't see, it won't affect us. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Let me tell you something. We need to see. It's kind of like a, when those commercials come on. Uh, we stream everything now. I mean, uh, I hate commercials. 
But you remember when you used to have to watch the commercials? And you see them when they're trying to raise money. And you, and you see these little kids and they're, they're, their stomachs are extended. And it's just the very first thing I do is change channel. I, I mean, I, I can't, the, the, abused, the abused pets, change channel. No, I, I don't want to see it. You know why? Because I don't want to think about it. Because if you think about it, listen, if you're a Christian, if you're a born-again believer, if you think about it, you've got to do something about it. That's what faith promise is all about. Faith promise is doing something about what God has laid on our hearts. Do you know what this church did? This church. Ring Baptist Temple. Your eye affected your heart. And man, we gave and gave and gave so that ERM could have all their needs met. They had absolutely not one need. Can I tell you, we decided to meet as a missions committee. And in that missions committee, we said, listen, this is what we, we want to give. And we'll make up whatever the church doesn't give up to. You want to know, you want to know how close the church was? $50. You got to be proud of that, by the way. And not to mention, by the way, that was just a love offering. And most people that gave in a love offering also gave food and also gave this and also gave that and also and also and also. Do you know why? The eye affects the heart. And when we see it, that's what we need to do is we need to see it because otherwise we're going to be cold. We're going to be ice cold when it comes to other people by nature. People don't believe me. I'm telling you. By nature, I'd rather be away from people. That's, that's my nature. My nature is to be in a cabin somewhere, away from everybody. I grew up, my nearest neighbor was miles away. I mean, I thought that my dad owned our entire county. I mean, I, I, I went everywhere I wanted to go. I did whatever I wanted to do. There was nobody ever. Listen, there are still no stop signs in my, or no, no um, red lights in my county. I'm not talking about my town. I'm talking about my entire county. There's no red lights. They still have covered bridges where it says that if you go over a trot, you'll be, you'll be fined. I mean, we're back in time. I love it. You wanted to go swimming, you went out back and, and you got the rocks together and you blocked up the creek so you could, you could have a pool to swim in. You might love it, but let me tell you something. God has called us to love people. God has called us to minister to people. It's kind of hard to be isolated and minister to people, isn't it? Are you cold towards mission? Number two, are you lukewarm? Do you know what the Bible says about the church of Laodicea? They were lukewarm. You know what God said about them? You spew them out of my mouth. This is what God said. I'd rather you be hot or you be cold than you'd be lukewarm. Let me give you another word for lukewarmness. Apathy. I just don't care. 
Be careful, Christian. Listen to me. Be careful, Christian, because you can get there. You can sit out in the pew, and you can look at the preacher and not hear a word he says. You could sit in a Sunday school class, listen to a teacher that has, that has studied and studied and studied and, and trying to teach, and you sit out there, and you just don't care. Don't care what he says. Don't care what she says. If you're not careful, you'll become apathetic in your life, and you'll become lukewarm. Or you can get on fire. When it comes to missions, I want to have a part in that. I want to do my part. Stop worrying about how much that part is and just jump in and do your part. And be on fire for missions. Sharing the gospel, not only with your mouth, but with your wallet as well. Luke chapter 24 and verse 32. God has called us to be hot on fire for missions. We need to set our hearts afire for souls all the, way, all the way around the world. We need, through faith promised missions, we need, through our eye affecting our heart, we need to share the gospel. Do you know, it's an interesting thing. We went knocking on doors and I took a group of the kids with me, and we went two by two and went and knocked on some doors. and And I said to them, "I had I had Joey with me, and and uh, I said, listen, I said I want you to understand something because we knocked several doors. Several people came to the to the door, and uh, and they go to you know we go to church at such and such. I said I want you to understand something. Everybody goes to church somewhere. Everybody, every door I knock." I don't know that, that in the almost 14 years that I've been here that I've knocked on the door and somebody came to the door and said, no, I don't go to church anywhere. Now, I've had them say, yeah, we go to church. Oh, where do you go to church? Hey, babe, what's that church we go to? You ain't going very faithful if you have to ask your wife where you're going to church. But everybody goes to church. Everybody thinks they're saved. Can I, can I explain John 3.16 to you? You're, if you think for one second that you've always been saved, you are wrong. There needs to be or has been a time in your life where by faith you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he saved your soul. I remember that day. I remember when I did that. I was on the USS Jack Williams. I was in the Navy, and I remember that day. I don't, I don't remember the exact day it was, but I know it was in June. Now, it was in 1994, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And let me tell you something. If you'll call upon his name, he'll save you. He promised he'd do that. And sometimes we go around and, and try to witness to people, and we try to talk to people, and we try to tell people, and, and, and some people don't want anything to do with it. But let me tell you, in missions, there are, there are underground churches in China. There are churches in the Philippines. I mean, there are winning droves of people to Christ. And you may not be able to go to China. 
And you may not be able to go to the Philippines. But if you're giving in Faith Promise Missions, you have a part in every soul that's saved. What a blessing that is. One day we're going to get to heaven, and when we get to heaven, you're going to meet people that you've never met before, and they're going to thank you for your part in missions. I believe that. What a, what a danger it is that we get into a ho-hum mentality. We just have church because we always have church. I like to, just, just, just one time, I'm going to cancel Sunday church and have church on Monday. After I, you know, revive half the congregation. Dude, why, why do we do what we do? I think we've forgotten. I really feel like this last week was a reminder of why we do what we do. Why we should be doing what we're doing. Why? Because time is short. Let's get busy winning the lost. Let's get busy winning our neighbors. Let's get busy winning our family. Let's get busy winning our communities. And ultimately, let's get excited it's offering time again. Didn't we just have it last week? By the way, most churches have offering three times a week or four times a week. Do you know what we should be doing? We should be excited. Remember when COVID hit? It seemed like a lifetime ago. I thought to myself, let me tell you what my first thought was. Uh-oh. Nobody's here. Nobody's here. Nobody's going to give. I'd be at the church and people sliding their tithe underneath the door. People mailing their tithe in. People getting on automatic payment to make sure that, that, the, that their tithe got in there. Uh, people gone a, a month and when they got back, they, they wrote a, a tithe check for the entire month and stuck it in the door. People calling me and saying, hey, listen, uh, I've, got the, I've, got it here. I've got it here. Why? Because this is important to me. And what's important to me, I want to do it. And the exciting part, let me tell you the exciting part. Is when we do what we're supposed to do, God does what he does. And people get saved. I thought to myself, we're going to have, I'm hoping we're going to have good crowds. Do you, do you know Wednesday night we had like 158? We don't have that on Sunday morning. 158. But I'm thinking to myself, this was my prayer. God, revive our church. God, speak to me. And there was things that I wanted God to speak to me about. And God, help me in these areas. And then I said, almost flippantly, and I'm ashamed to say this, but almost flippantly, I said, and God, if there's somebody lost, save them. Because I know most of y'all's testimonies and, you know, the people that were going to come to this, I knew they were already saved. And, but that wasn't their prayer. Their prayer was, Lord, send us lost people. Lord, help us to be an influence. Help us to plant a seed. Help us to water. Help us to pick the fruit. And, 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 and Lyric got saved this week. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me clue you in on something. Over one person, there's rejoicing in heaven. 
Just one. Doesn't have to be a hundred, doesn't have to be fifty, doesn't have to be ten. Just one. And you know what our prayer should be? Lord, just one more. I don't know how much time I got, but Lord, just one more. I might go out and one of the team members' family was here from Ohio and got in a bad wreck. I mean, totaled their car. Praise the Lord. All she did was sprain her wrist and they think she did something to her collarbone. But it could have got worse. You know, you could, you could leave this place today, get in a car wreck and die. You could get up from your seat right now and not even make it to the, to the, to the foyer. Have a heart attack and die. We don't know when our end is, but our prayer should be, Lord, give us one more. Lord, use us one more time. Lord, let me see this happen one more time. Do you know what happened this last week you don't always get to see? You don't always get to see that. It's not, that's not something that always happens, but to be able to be a part of it, Lord, do it just one more time. And don't let your heart, your heart's on fire right now, don't let it get lukewarm. Because the only place for it to go from lukewarmness is coldness. When it gets cold, it's hard to get it warm again. You ever get cold down to the bone? You've been outside, the wind is blowing, maybe it's raining, and maybe you come in and you're freezing and you're trying to get warm and it takes a really long time to get warm back up. Then we all think, yeah, it's like you're, to church. You know, you always have a phrase in there. I'm talking about really cold. It's hard to get warm again. You're warm, and I know because I heard some of y'all's testimonies. Keep it that way. God, help us. Revive us. Help us to stay on fire for you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. There's never been a time in your life where you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure to die right now. I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and write back down, and I'll pray for you. I'm not sure about it, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers as they're one. Maybe you're here and you're saved. Has your heart got cold? Has your heart got cold to the things of the Lord? Has your heart got cold to the things of church, to prayer, to reading God's Word? Have you ever stopped to think why? Why is your heart cold? Why have you moved away from the Lord? Why have you gotten off your knees? Why have you gotten out of the Bible? I'm here to tell you, we better start making pretty good decisions because our time is short. Anna's up in North Carolina at a camp, and right now two of her interns just did something stupid and and had to be dismissed from the program. And man, they're just out and having themselves a great time and blah, 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 doing doing this and that and doing, as my wife says, wonders and blunders and eating rotten cucumbers. And it's all well and good until the end 
when your soul is required, when your life is required of you, and you have to give an account. Get out of that lukewarmness. Get out of that coldness that you've gotten into and jump in with your heart on fire. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing. 